Hey listeners, no, this is not the second Monday, and yes, I am already deviating from my schedule. This bonus episode is dedicated to Mental Illness Awareness Week, October 6th through 12th. A little background onto why I wanted to go on this journey of a podcast is because during the month of May, there is a week, Mental Health Week, and this past May, I had just listened to one of my favorite podcasts, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum and his guest was Zachary Levi. The episode I listened to inspired me with the need to talk about healing, how our hustles or side hustles, our hobbies, our passions, what were the things we did to help us find this calm internal healing, a healing that can come from toxic relationships, friendships, past mistakes, past choices, unlearning the negative things and attitudes we carried with us from childhood to adulthood, the importance of forgiving yourself, learning to love every part of who you are and knowing you are loved. We all have mental health. That is not just a weekly check-in on, but a constant part of life that we have to do a daily check-in on. For me, my check-in is done by going to boot camp turning down the volume of the day for half an hour, and challenging my insecurities left from years of bullying and all sorts of relationships that made me feel like I wasn't good enough. For others, their check-in of mental health is done by meditating, talking out their feelings without fear of judgment, or having small milestones to complete in a day. Keeping that in mind, some people are not so fortunate. This episode was recorded in September, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And even though September has come and gone, Suicide Prevention Awareness is 24-7 and all year round. We are all impacted in some form, whether we know someone directly or are connected in some way to suicide. The message that I want to send is that those dealing with dark times and find it hard to communicate how you feel, know that you are not alone. And to those going through the aftermath of suicide, every feeling you have is your right to feel. We may not know what to do or say, but we will always be present, respectful, and mindful. For those looking for information on Mental Health Awareness Week, please visit www.camimh.ca Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health For those looking for information on suicide prevention or those looking for help, please visit www.suicideprevention.ca The links will be in the description of this episode. Welcome to a new episode of What's Your Hustle with Halima Hussain. This week, I am joined by a sweet friend of mine. I met this guest in my 20s, and throughout our years of friendship, she has become someone in my tribe of strong women that inspires me to be open to all possibilities. In this episode, we will chat about her journey to being a life coach, mentor, and founder of Green Orchid 8, the importance of creating a safe space for those around her, finding her voice, but more importantly, to send the message and reassurance that even though starting over is scary, it's worth it. 
So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, Always Growing, with my guest, Heather Scott. Once more with feeling. Hey guys, it's What's Your Hustle, and today I'm at Heather's. How was your day? You were telling me earlier. My day was, was day. full. It was good. I got some free parking at the university. That almost never happens. I love free parking. I know. Especially when you think you're going to have to pay, and oh then you don't. Oh my god, yes. I know. I'm doing this episode during Mental Health Awareness Week, and we were talking a little bit about your journey of mental health and depression mm -hmm. so i was hoping you could take me through that again because it was really it was really profound and okay so i was expecting a baby and i had a healthy baby boy and i went for quite a few months undiagnosed with postpartum depression right and it was one of those times where if you're really capable and manage your life well then you can kind of hide it and I kept trying to figure out why I felt sad and scared. And one of the reasons I didn't think I had postpartum depression is that I didn't have the most notorious symptom, which is I didn't want to hurt myself or my baby at that time. Right. But thank God for the public health nurse who recognized something going on with me. And um, she got me connected with some help and... Yeah, after I I got that support and uh, medication, I was able to really enjoy my son. So, oh. yeah, I was able to look at him and just be happy that he was there. Yeah. And if he wasn't doing anything. And she gently said, yeah, that's how most people feel right away. So, um, And I actually shared about postpartum depression um, on CBC Radio a number of years ago because I would want women to know that just because they don't have the the glamorous part doesn't mean that they don't still deserve uh, you know to get checked and get help and and be supported so, right yeah and how does that affect you learning and growing now into mental health and what you do as a life coach for green orchid eight okay well um Having experienced depression um, firsthand definitely gives me, um, I don't know, I guess respect for people who are living with it because it is like nothing I've ever experienced before. I didn't even feel like myself when I was in that space. And so I think it probably opened up a fair bit of compassion. You know, it's not just about feeling more cheerful or pulling up yourself by your bootstraps it's it's not like that it's it's medical it's real and um, I would say that it's important to note that with coaching um, you know I do life coaching that has to do with excuse me with um, solution based future focused work so um, I'm not a I'm not a counselor I'm not a trainer, you know, I'm not going to mentor people, I'm not going to do any of that sort of instruction. It's all about self-discovery and what I can hold space for them to discover. So yeah, I, I think that most people respond very well when they feel that they're creating their own lives and right. 
that they have a say and uh, yeah dealing with dealing with mental health also um, it allowed me to be of service to others who I knew who were expecting and I would talk to them about my experience just privately and because at the time I was still a little shy or not wanting to shout it from the rooftops for sure and I would also talk to their partners because that's something else that happens. I mean, if someone's coping really well, their partners wouldn't even know that they needed support sometimes. Right. And not only partners, but friends. Like I can stand on the outside and I have lots of friends who go through anxiety and clinical depression and all sorts of mental health obstacles or trying to overcome those obstacles for better mental health. And then I find from the outside the best thing that I can do is just be present and mindful to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important as a society anyways. I mean, you don't have to be a friend, but they're just knowing, having the comfort of knowing that there is someone there that will accept you and support you for whatever you are going through is, I find, a really big help for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think it can be stated enough how valuable it is to just be there for somebody. Right. You don't really have to do anything. When I was in the beginning, just trying to settle into life with a new baby, all I wanted was company in my house. Yeah. All I wanted was somebody else there just to know that they were there because being alone with my baby at that time was really stressful. Right. And that's kind of hard to explain to others when you don't even understand it yourself. Absolutely. Like, how could I possibly be this worried about yeah. all of this? So it just kept not adding up. And, yeah. Yeah. And I am, I appreciate that it's a big life lesson for you. And in some ways I'm very sure that it encourages you, inspires you for Green Orchid 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To just hold space for people. To let them know that they have the answers within them. They know what's most important to them. And just allowing them to discover that yeah. is really rewarding. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a great feeling when you create space for someone. I know that we've talked about this, that when I was working, when we worked together, you created such a safe space for me to tell you about this dream I had that opened up the door of me realizing that for the longest time I was afraid to love because it was my own wall that I had built up after a long time of liking someone and that feeling wasn't reciprocated. I've built up this wall and you created such this environment where I broke down and I cried and you did nothing you were just there and you allowed me to be in my feelings which was it's amazing Mm -hmm. and something I appreciate that you always emphasize is it's okay to feel what you feel you are a hundred percent allowed to do whatever you want to do and feel whatever you need to feel to help you get through this and that is so important, and I want to thank you for that so much. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing is you're allowed to feel what you feel, and um, you're you're just fine the way you are. Yeah. I had one friend say to me, oh, in the last couple of months, and she said, 
what's wrong with me? And I said, nothing. <laughs> You're just being human. Right. Human is messy. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really uh, messy sometimes. Yeah. Well, driving here, I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> I'm like, Heather, I'm going to be late. So I'm stuck in traffic. But oh. that's, you know, it's traffic on the yellowhead there's nothing more you can do about that well and and expanding your your ability to just be with what is yeah yeah there's no point in i mean everybody has their moments where they they judge or they're upset or whatever but i mean i needed to get my son some medical attention last week and it took as long as it took Mm -hmm. and there was no rush in it so um, i had an opportunity to Practice some mindful meditation while I was <laughs> sitting in a crowded space. And look, you know, he's he's fine. And it was ruling stuff out mostly. But, um, yeah. Yeah, human is, is pretty messy sometimes. Yeah. So. What was your inspiration for Green Orchid The name, the why? Uh, so the name was that I was going to start this business. And uh, my, my older son suggested that... Uh, because I love plants so much, and I specifically like orchids, he's like, what about green orchid? And I said, oh. So I kind of sat with that for a while. And then I decided to add the number eight because it's um, it's a number that represents abundance in some cultures. And it's also um, infinity on, on one side. So it just has that, you know, there, there's always... There's always more that you can expand into. There's always more you can create for yourself. It's just, there's a lot of abundance. So. Yeah. And it's lovely. I... Oh, and the whole idea of nurturing things and, you know, growing things. Right. Um, orchids take a while to grow, and when they bloom, they bloom for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, sense I really of, like that. It's a sense of peace that you have for something that you built up for yourself and it bloomed into this more this thing this like I'm honestly so proud of you for what you've accomplished in Green Orchid 8. Oh, thanks. What did you learn about yourself while you're as a life? I learned that sometimes saying nothing is actually a big deal. Yeah. Sometimes just listening and being present with someone is significant. I learned that oftentimes when people are acting or reacting, um, a lot of times I learned that when I do it or when others do it, when you're sharing something, even if it's about something else, it's often that you're sharing a lot about your life view, your worldview. And so sometimes I hear people and they're like, oh, drivers are so inconsiderate. And I'm like, Okay, so that's sort of coming from you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes drivers are inconsiderate, but it's sort of that idea of um, you will find what you are expecting. So I learned yeah. I learned that I want to expect good things from people, yeah. like my kids and my friends and my family and my clients. Yeah, and I like I like seeing them as their best selves, and I like being seen that way too. Mm-hmm. So. so, what is your typical? clientele for Green Orchid Aid because there's a misconception like you made the point of saying I'm not a counselor I'm not a therapist and for anyone just as a side note looking for someone who is a therapist or a counselor Alberta Health has great resources that you guys can reach out to 
and you can either call or go online and someone who is very lovely is out there and they can help you and they can guide you along the way. I know that I used Alberta Health when um, a friend of mine was going through some stuff and I didn't know where to look. So if anyone is looking for just resources, specifically someone to talk to you about mental health or depression or just someone looking for counseling or a therapist or psychiatrist, please check out Alberta Health link and they're a great, great resource. But for you as a life coach and a mentor, what what is your clientele? Is it age specific? What kind of demographic? It's not age specific. It's usually people who are um, wanting to revisit something that really mattered to them and that they kind of put aside, usually because they had kids. Right. Or something took them off track and it's still something they really care about and they're wanting to like reignite that for themselves. So some people, um, some people have projects that they've put aside, some people have travel that they've put aside and they're wanting to get into a more resourceful state, get into a place where they're accessing that creative part of their brain um, to allow for them to be in action in ways that really show up as a difference in their life. So I've been working with some parents who are transitioning from when kids are extremely dependent to when the kids become more independent. Oftentimes what happens is that there's more time for this adult who's used to parenting a lot. And um, sometimes they just need a bit of time and space to reconnect with who they are what they want, what they want to create for themselves. Because there's a certain point in parenting where you start realizing that your kids are going to grow up and have their own lives. And it's important to cultivate your own. Yeah. It's important to find your own path and where you want to be or where you are right now and how that is going to move you to your future. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what a lot of people say is, you know, what you're doing today is an investment in your future. Obviously not everything. Some things are just fun and silly, but yeah. you know, one of the things that I'm developing right now is a, a parenting workshop that really focuses on the idea of parent as coach. Mm -hmm. So it's very, um, you'd be, you are, you are co-creating with your child or your youth in ways that allow you to view them. The principles of the uh, group that I trained with is, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, that everyone is okay, that you have all the resources you need, that you have the very best of intentions in terms of what you're choosing, and that you'll make the best choices for yourself. And the last one is that you know, no matter what's happening, don't worry too much because change is inevitable. Everything is always changing. Right. So what I'm developing right now is the idea of parent as coach, and it really is co-creative and collaborative, and it's um, it's a different way of viewing parenting. Some people are very instructive and very, um, you know, thou shall do this, and uh, this is a new way of approaching it. So yeah. I'm just in the process of sharing it with various organizations and um, creating workshops for either later this fall or, well, depends on the response. We've had some interest already, but definitely by the new year. So. That'd be so great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. exciting. It's about just 
being present with your right. child. So. Oh, and as a mother, an ever-evolving mother, how has being a life coach helped you and influenced your parenting to two teenage boys who are now feet above me <laughs> compared to when I first met them? Mm-hmm. How has it influenced my parenting? Well, similar to what I, I've learned since you know training to become a life coach, I can't believe how powerful the phrase, you know, so how are you? And just giving lots of space to listen. Or, so how was your day? Like open-ended questions are quite magical when it comes to teenagers because everybody wants to know what they're thinking and how things are going. And sometimes there's so much power in just being silent and attentive and asking two questions and listening. Right. Teaching them also that patience to carry out with them through their lives. Well, I wouldn't characterize them as patient at the moment, but (laughs) I am trying to model that. And, you know, I mean, every once in a while, you just have to get the groceries done or whatever. But um, I would say that I would say that I've learned. I've learned sometimes if you ask a specific question, you know, so what did you have for lunch? You get a specific answer. I had a ham sandwich or I had cheese or whatever. And if you say, so how was lunch? Or it's so open that they could choose to share about what they ate or socially or where they were. Like it just opens things up. And then they share what they're inspired to share with me. And I learn more sometimes. And it's, it works as a catalyst almost to, Oh, by the way, this, this has not happened. How would I approach it? It's open to the converse. Like you said, it opens up a conversation that sometimes you probably didn't know you would have today. Mm-hmm. But a conversation I can imagine that you're grateful for. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'd always rather know more than less. Right. Because knowing more. And it's also a certain energy about connecting. Right. So that's the other thing that this parenting workshop is about, is is forming connections, like meaningful connection with your youth. And that's what I truly value with my kids, is um, I... So I, I read this quote recently, and it said, if you, if you don't teach them, if you don't ask questions of them, if you don't judge them and you don't have expectations of them, and I mean, obviously you have to sometimes, but if you eliminate all of those and you're just with them, Mm -hmm. that is where true connection can begin. Right. Because it's not, what are you going to do for me? Here's what you need to listen to. It's not, you know, rat-a-tat-a-tat. Yeah. It's very, I don't know, it's like nurturing. Right. You know, it's an opportunity. It's... Yeah. It goes back to the how we were saying earlier, being present and in the moment of what your child needs, or even what you need from them, mm-hmm. or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. For anyone looking for information on Heather's, on the parenting workshop, once it's up and running, hopefully, fingers crossed. Anybody interested can send me an email. Send Heather an email. I will put her information in the description below. And I will also do another shout out when it's when we're ready and rolling and ready to go for the workshops for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's also an opportunity if there's like a parent council or a 
a parenting group that already meets, then sometimes providing additional tools for them is something that's interesting to them already. Right. So I've already been booked to do some sort of introductory exercises with them just to show them what sort of possible within the, I think it's probably going to be a one day workshop to start and then we'll just evolve as things develop. Yeah. I like doing it that way. Ever changing. Yeah. I yeah. like customizing. I like responding to what people actually want. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Going on this journey. So you started actually as an educator mm-hmm. and then you went to private sector after that. And then how did your journey work? Uh, so I have an education degree and loved student teaching. And when I graduated, um, I just did other things. I worked in the financial industry. I worked in nonprofit event planning and fundraising. Um, I did program management and development. I did, I worked in, um, advanced education, um, doing alumni affairs and student engagement projects, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then I came to private sector and private sector was a good fit for me and my kids at the time. And, uh, yeah, it's, I like having that much variety. I was talking with someone yesterday at a volleyball game and just watching our kids play. And she said, so how long did you teach? And it's, it's definitely apparent that education degrees are very transferable. So yeah, I, I feel like I've continued that throughout and yeah, I, I, I like variety. So I've done yeah. lots of variety in my, in my career. So what far. is it? The spice of life? It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I like having, um, every once in a while I like to create routines because I think that they do provide some structure. But I like having flexibility and I like variety. So yeah, I'm in the right I'm in the right game right now. Yeah, that's for sure. so. it's that the idea of being free to do what makes you happy. Yeah, I I actually just joined this um, global organization and it's all about um, it's called um, well it's about evolving women and it's definitely about sort of raising the the energy raising the the intention. Um, of what we're actually wanting to create and following what really matters to us. Yeah. Um, and so there was one person that he was doing an interview and he said that um, when women actually follow what their true calling is, mm-hmm. it's incredibly powerful. And oh. it really is inspiring when, when you see someone who is doing what they just feel super Right. energized, inspired, lit up, yeah. motivating to do. So. And it's having the, for me, it's overcoming fear and creating my own space to be able to do that, to be like, see what my shine, our friend Sweet Twyla would always say, like, what does you, when you shine, you shine bright. Mm-hmm. So how bright can my shine get, right? And I think as women, we're fucking shiny. <laughs> We're as bright as the sun, and I think that, you know, we need to be in that space where, hey, I'm going to blind you if you, you know, give me the opportunity. I'll show you how dope I can really be. Well, I I definitely agree that when someone is shining, it's sort of hard to look away. Right. And I always associate that with authenticity. So right now, um, the 
environmental activist. Um, we were talking about that even today on the call and uh, how her authenticity for me is so freeing to look at. Oh, absolutely. And, and she's saying things that are important and they don't, um, you know, there's some people who are upset because they're feeling blamed for the crisis or whatever, but wow, she is inspiring. She is so plugged into what matters to her. Oh, absolutely. And at such a young age. And so eloquent and powerful. So Yeah. Her yeah. name, uh, for those who have lived under a rock for the last week or so. Oh, or I, more. Or more. Her name is Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. And um, because your journey has been an inspirational one. I've always told Heather, like, you make your age bracket look so good and I can't wait. <laughs> and I can't wait to get there. Just like J-Lo. Like, that is... Uh... <laughs> That's part of the whole shining thing. It's like, well, if I'm not going to shine now, when exactly am I going to shine? So right. I'll do it. <laughs> right. What would, you, what would you tell your younger self? Knowing what you know now, going through all the bullshit and the happy times, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell her not to worry quite so much. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's um, a lot of, you know, we need to make this happen or oh my gosh, what's what's the next step going to be? And now that I look back over my career, I see how one thing led to another and it was all sort of building on one another. So I would just say, maybe just take a breath and relax and trust a bit. Yeah. It's not, I think you were saying something about having it all together. Or, yeah, no one has it all together. And yeah. If they have it all together, quite frankly, then... I remember about five, five years ago, right around now, I was talking to someone who was challenging me to do some more personal development and uh, training. And I, I wasn't sure because it was a big, you know, it was a big step and it was a big commitment, but I was also very aware of the, the fact that my life was quite small and super tidy and kind of boring. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that I said yes to that. That training and development is, you know, I could maybe stay in this tiny little safe, boring, you know, folded box for a long time. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I yeah. wanted to live a bit bigger and have it be a bit messy. And actually, I'm experiencing that right now because I've been doing networking for, I don't know, two and a half weeks. I've been going to events and meeting people. And I actually just did a whole bunch of sort of talking myself off the ledge because I'm generating so much interest in my work and what's coming up that people are in touch with me and they're looking at me and they're contacting me and I'm like, okay, what a blessing. Yet it's a bit daunting when you start activating and it gets a bit messy. Right. I'd rather have it be messy and fun. Yeah. And for those that like their nice little tidy box, do you because your tidy box keeps us with the wild hearts in check sometimes absolutely yeah i i definitely noticed that it's not as tidy as it could be but it's way more fun Yeah. yeah yeah it's open to opportunities and a sort of an adventure really you were saying oh yeah the last time 
you were struggling with the idea because it's a big birthday coming up next year and you were struggling oh, with this. Do I go on this retreat journey? Do I do this? And I think you should. I think you should just go. Well, and that's the funny thing is if anybody else told me about this, I'd be like, you should go. It's yeah. And so I have an opportunity to go on a, a retreat um, and tour of Scotland next June mm -hmm. and go with my best friend in the world. And yeah, it's just a matter of making it happen. So yeah, it might be messy, but I think I'm going to say yes, because I don't want to regret it. Right. I don't want to not go. So yeah. That's the... Yeah. That's I mean, the, the trip can be in your nice little tiny box or... You know, I could destroy the wrapping paper, and I think that's a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, I do believe that travel is the only thing that we invest in, that we spend money on it, but it makes us richer. Yeah. Because so. what you learn is, from the world, is it opens your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, we're going to end it on a fun note. What? Not that this hasn't already been fun. So much fun. <laughs> So but, passionate and fun. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan of music, and I and it's something that drives me. It inspires me. I use it when I write. I, you know, I use it for inspirations, even for topics I want to talk about. But Heather, what are your top five songs? What's what's on your playlist? Okay, well, I wouldn't say playlist, but I thought about different songs from different times in my life, and. The first one was um, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, and it was uh, the number one song the day I was born. Mm. So I looked that up and was like, oh, I like that one. And my mom has this story where she played that song over and over and over while I was, you know, getting ready to be born. Yeah. So, um, and I really like the image of Bridge Over Troubled Water for coaching as well. Right. Because, um, and you know, some people don't have troubles, they just want to elevate, but sometimes it's nice to have a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. Right. And so, um, my second song is um, an artist named Luba, and it's about Let It Go, that's the title. And I really like that song because Let It Go is three little words, and my goodness, it's not easy. Yeah. And I've listened to her at lots of different points in my like teenage and you know in my 20s life and yeah she was just sort of one of those artists that was back when there were Walkmans and I would put my tape in my Walkman oh yes you know <laughs> walk uphill both ways in the snow <laughs> um my third one is um Felix Cartel get what you give and it is just fun. It makes me dance. It's very, it's what I believe. I think you get what you give. Um, it's so cute because people know that that's my song because when it comes on, they're like, oh, that's for Heather. <laughs> and so I'm kind of hooked up to that song already. Um, and then, you know, like beginning of life and end of life, um, Amazing Grace is a beautiful song that, I have said goodbye to important people in my life. And, you know, once those bagpipes start, it's just such a beautiful, it's a beautiful melody and it's a beautiful message. And I like it a lot. So, And then the last one is uh, Frank Sinatra and My Way, because 
I, my mother will attest, I like to do it my way. Actually, yeah. everybody in my life would probably <laughs> understand that I like to do it my way. Right. And it's a great song. Yes. I like the message because I think that everybody should have a chance to do it with that personal, customized signature effect of doing it your own way. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Those are great picks. Oh, well. <laughs> they're not necessarily on the charts, but they are hey, they're, some of my favorites. So. They're songs that move you, and that's that's what's important. You can find Heather's mentioned top five songs on Spotify. I will leave them in the description. Heather, where can the people find you for mentoring, for life coach, if they want to read what you're about? I have a website that is called Green Orchid 8 with the number 8.com. And there's a complimentary um, session, uh, about 20 minutes, that if you would like to assess your own authenticity in terms of what you're living and what you're doing and how you're doing it, um, you can book in for that introductory session. Um, mentoring and consulting is also on the website and just you can go on there and take a look around and you can also email oh great i will leave the link in the description thank you heather for doing this once more with me oh no problem it's, <laughs> uh, i really appreciate being asked questions and being uh, given the chance to share about this so thanks yeah it was great it was thanks Lynn. Thank you. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle podcast, created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussain. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. Until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.